Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another fresh episode of Masters of the Air by Story Archives. I'm your host, Mario Busto, alongside the other host, Zachary Newton. Welcome back. I'm keeping you on your toes with the cadence, Zach, to see if you're paying attention or if you're just in cruise control or if you're a smooth operator like Robert Rosenthal in this episode. Oh, I'm a smooth operator. It's crazy how this show is taking us from... It's just rotating in these different characters who yeah. are now becoming center stage, right? I looked at a little bit of the... We're talking about part five, of course, because we just watched it a little while ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I looked at the sneak peek for episode six, and it's very much focused on Robert Rosenthal, who's a epic figure, becomes kind of the central character in this episode in the last third of, uh, of it, really. Um, in this whole mission where they're going to bombard and bomb this railroad that's at the center of of this city. It's pretty much a suicide mission, really. They send out 17 planes and only one comes back. Uh, I'm not saying there's only one plane that survived because there's definitely lots of survivors, it seems, except Mm -hmm. unfortunately, they're all over enemy territory, including the beloved Bucky Egan. Mm -hmm. So um, a lot of stuff's going on. We picked up from last episode where Bucky gets the news that Buck is MIA, and we still don't get an answer on if Buck's alive or not. I want to thank all the listeners out there who are commenting out and kind of correcting us on some historical matters. Uh, we'll take it. We'll definitely, you know, we're doing the show because we love history. We we appreciate um, World War II history and the veterans who served. So we appreciate any sort of enlightenment that you guys got out there because we're not the only ones who are enjoying this show. And Absolutely. I got to say, uh, of all the episodes so far in the season, this one felt the most intense. I was on the edge of my seat like the entire time of it. Um, it was very well done. Feels like they're hitting their their groove of how to do an air fight and how to build that anticipation with the edit. Yeah. Um, it was just really, really well done. In fact, like there's one scene, and I know I'm going on a lot here. Uh, the one scene where it's the last plane standing, really. Mm-hmm. And they look to their left and there's nothing, nobody there. Look to their right, there's nobody there. And then you look straight ahead and there's like what <laughs> looks like 300 German bombers coming not bombers uh, fighter jets coming straight at them right uh what'd you think zach first impressions i i'll say right now this has been i think my favorite episode of the season i kind of started off this episode expecting that you know i i would like kind of be watching it in the background a little bit like i was gonna i was planning to do some other things um because the first few episodes felt like that to me like i I still liked the show but it was like i didn't need Mm -hmm. to pay super close attention to the entire show this and i was like all right i'm gonna i'm gonna send a couple emails you know finish out my work day while i watch the show and i was just like a, a few minutes into it i'm like all right close my laptop i'm into the show yeah, just watching like i couldn't i couldn't focus on the emails i didn't i don't even think i got one of them out but um I, that's happened this to me was with a certain shows notch episode. <laughs> this was a top-notch episode for me um compared to the rest of them i did like the pacing i, I completely agree with you there I was much more, uh, you know, I think the thing that I liked about the flight scenes on this was that it wasn't just this uh, long, you know, flying mission to drop bombs in one area and you're just like flying in a straight line or what feels like yeah. a straight line trying to shoot it at a bunch of uh, fighter uh, planes coming to you shooting at you. Like we actually got some like dog fight sort of things yeah. going on in this. It's like, all right, let's veer off to the left. Let's, let's you know take the plane up and try and get a good angle on him. I like that. Like, I kind of wish we saw a little bit more of that, but I, I, I mean, I would imagine that they probably didn't fly the bomber planes like that that often. 
Yeah, I, I, I mean, what you got the sense of is that these German planes were kind of just doing loops around yeah. these guys. Like they were just looping around them and then they were rotating and pretty much running through them again mm -hmm. um, until it came down to two fighter jets left. I'm assuming the other ones had to go off and refuel as we saw that kind of established earlier in the season. But there yeah. was two stragglers that kept on trying to take down Rosenthal's plane. And so then you see him going to maneuvers like taking the plane on a nosedive, taking it straight up to get mm -hmm. the gunner in a position to shoot down on these on these fighters and really kind of gives you the the feeling that if he hadn't done those maneuvers they would definitely be you know like fish in a barrel it felt like right yeah. um because it's just i wrote down i'm not cuz obviously i'm i'm watching this blind i didn't do any research prior to at least i didn't do any research on the bloody 100th um yeah prior to watching the series but I wrote down before it happened when I when they set it up and it was silent. I don't think there was even music playing, which sometimes adds to the tension. Um, mm -hmm. And you see that shot of just the 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 trails of the plane right ahead of uh, Robert Rosenthal's uh, fort, right? Yeah, and you see them all. I just wrote one last plane standing, and then I wrote in the next line, "But he's a goner. Like there's just no way he's getting out of this." And he maneuvers and finds a way to to fight his way out of it, really. And uh, I gotta say, let's let's stay on Robert here for a second because we got I got a great message from one of our one of our uh, audience members, Amy, who sent okay. out um, an interesting little tidbit about Robert, and she sent a, a link with it too. I had heard the writer of the show, um, I think John Orloff, I think I I think that's his name. I might be butchering it. Um, he mentioned Rosenthal earlier when I went on our first episode coverage of Masters of the Air. Mm. But this guy is a legend. I mean, he flew 52 missions. He's one of the most decorated pilots of the the bloody 100th, as they call it. And then after the war, he becomes a lawyer who prosecu prosecuted the Nazis at the Nuremberg trials. So, this guy is, you know, I don't know where he ranks in terms of um, key figures in the war, but he's, he's up there in terms of um, decorated fighters and then decorated after the war to kind of like... Talk about like a round trip or a kind of a bookend to your service, yeah. right? Like you, you're serving in the war successfully, 52 uh, missions. We mentioned that there was no limit on missions, right? At that point, right? I think at, what was mm -hmm. the number I said, Zach? That was the- 11 was like you beat the average or something like that. That was like beating the average was 11. Yeah. But there was a number that they raised it to. I think it was like 30. Okay. Huh. The 30, okay. Okay. 20 fit, 25, I think it was. Okay. Um, because we had Dyes celebrating his last mission, which was the 25th mission in yeah. episode four, I believe. So, this guy flew 52. So, more than double <laughs> of the <laughs> necessary amount. And you see it, right? They kind of paint him as, as very epic, right? He's yeah. very calm, cool, collected against, you know, overwhelming odds. And uh, I've seen some movies about the Nuremberg trials, which which are pretty interesting. I mean... There's lots of interesting bits that happen after the war where Nazis escaped to Argentina and various countries and you got people mm -hmm. hunting them down, trying to bring them to justice. Um, yeah. I would love to see more. I don't know if they'll have enough time in the season to dive deeper into his character, but I know at least next episode we're getting a bit more. And I don't know what's going to happen in terms of our other two main protagonists, uh, Buck and Bucky. We still don't know if Buck's alive. Um, it very much feels like he's dead, to be it honest. It does feel like he's dead. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't. I don't feel like we haven't gotten any closure on that at all yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, there. I will say though, there was there was a moment in this episode where I was kind of like, eh, maybe I have I have a little bit of hope, right? Because mm-hmm. we felt like nobody was coming back at some point in this episode. And it's just like, okay, nope, here we go. You know, the plane didn't go down and, and crash. Like you know, Bucky's just chilling over there in some, I don't know, farmland or something now. And yeah, we had East planes come back. That we, like one plane at least made it back after we thought nothing was going to make it back. So, Egan is in Westphalia, Germany. I think I read that right on the screen. Sounds um, about right. And who the hell knows what's going to happen to him because that's about as bad a place as you could land in in that time in history. But, you know, then again, speaking about getting no closure, we didn't get closure on Crosby either. And it turns out he was alive. That was one of the key things in this episode is that Crosby yeah. is alive. Yeah. And then he gets promoted to group navigator, mm-hmm. which means Bubbles has to go back into into the fight, which we can now assume Bubbles is dead because in the log that they do post-mission, mm-hmm. uh, they talk about how their fort just blew up and there were no shoots. Yeah. So, um, Bubbles is gone. And it's really, it's a sad moment because he wrote that, how much more of a sober look can you get if somebody's thoughts about you than what they would write about you after you're dead, you're dead right? And yeah. you see, and you see, Bubbles writes that letter to Crosby's wife, and it shows you kind of like the stand-up guy Bubbles was um, in writing that letter. And it's a really deep scene watching uh, Crosby mourn over over Bubbles. So yeah, yeah. no, it really was. But yeah, that, that's a, that's a good point. Crosby coming back was also one of the moments where I was like, maybe, maybe. Buck, maybe Clevin is uh is alive somewhere. But I if I were to put my money on it, I I do think he's dead. I don't think he's with us anymore. It just the, the show just has that feeling, right? It does feel though that it's um if he were dead that by now we would have seen at least a closure moment because his character was too centrally involved. Everybody got that closure moment upon their death who's been a main character so far. Even Kurt Biddick's character, right? Barry yeah. Ke- played by Barry Keoghan, he gets that moment where you see he's, he's going to die. Mm-hmm. So I would assume that by now we would have had it. So I'm going to guess that he is uh, alive still, um, mm. albeit probably in enemy territory like Bucky. And so it's not oh, as easy as just getting out of England, for, so to speak, right? Because Crosby landed mm-hmm. in England. Um, it'll be a longer process. In fact, who knows how long it could take, right? But we do know, I think we're still, we're still a year prior to D-Day in terms of the timeline of this series, right? I want to say yes, because I believe this was on the build up to D-Day. They were trying to clear, uh, clear some room, right? Yeah, this is 1943. (laughs) So this is, um, a lot of the heavier, heavier fighting is occurring at this point too. So... Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of moral conundrums that are presented in this episode as well. Uh, for example, the fact that their target is a railroad, uh, sort of, I think it's a railroad yard, but it's at the center of a city. And so therefore civilians are almost certainly going to die. And you got, um, Crank is one of the characters in the show. He's having a real moral dilemma thinking about the fact that they're going to be killing women and children probably with mm-hmm. this bomb. Uh, but if anybody's prepared to to drop a bomb on Germany right now, it's Bucky. Especially not just because Buck is dead, right? But because he just came from London where he saw a woman mourning her daughter being killed. So it's yeah. not that it's not wrong. It's not that it's not wrong. It's just that your enemy's gonna put their foot on your throat and kill all of your women and children if you don't strike back at them. 
So it's one yeah. of those things where it's war, it's ugly. And um and Bucky gets to a point where he's just kind of like, are you going to hop on this plane or not? Like are you going to fight today or not? It's war. Like well, what do you expect? Like this is what happens. Like terrible stuff happens in war. Like if in the scenario that they said, hey, like every, let's say everybody took a moral high ground, like, hey, we can't bomb this place because civilians are going to die. Then Germany wins the war. And that's just the bottom line. Yeah, I would imagine so. I, I, I would yeah. say Bucky also had a really interesting line during, I think, the scene that you're talking about where uh, the guy's just like, yeah, but women and children, like, they, they might die. He's like, this is war. <laughs> We're here to drop bombs. Just like yeah, it was yeah. kind of like a mic drop moment from him, but. it's interesting to see like that pivot in his character like i think this episode last episode and this episode were i think have been very prominent for bucky and kind of seeing his character develop um i mean he's kind of like i don't know i mean he he feels like he's on a a path for revenge and and this whole thing and i was a little worried during this episode like it was gonna come too easy i'm like it's not gonna come too easy like something's gonna happen and well his plane goes down he has to you know, parachute down into to farmland. Well, for these guys, I'm kind of, I'm like on the opposite where you kind of just want there to be an easy mission because they fly every <laughs> single mission in broad daylight. Yeah. And, um, but I had the sense that maybe he might be reckless in seeking the revenge that he wanted. Mm. Um, so there's that. But, you know, another thing, he said he wanted to pitch last episode, but he did not fly in this episode once again. So, I don't think we're ever seeing Bucky fly a plane. Well, I mean, he's definitely not flying it from here on out unless he Cold like hijacks one to, to, to come back home. Yeah. I mean, he, and he is kind of a hothead. Like, I'm not going to lie. So, I mean, I, I would imagine people don't really want him flying. He is, but he doesn't really lose sense ever of responsibility. So, he, it's like one of no, those things, yeah. you know, I was watching, um, who was I watching? I was listening to a basketball podcast and uh, they were talking about, it was Jason Williams, who's, uh, who's known as White Chocolate. He's like one of the like, most flashy point guards. <laughs> uh, he used to play for the Miami Heat in the 06 uh, championship winning team. And he was on the OG podcast with Udonis Haslam, who's like a local legend, uh, Miami Heat legend in, uh, in South Florida. And they're talking about like all these organizations, how they're all that there's varying class of of professionalism across the NBA, mm-hmm. like you would imagine, right? And yeah. how he was comparing the Memphis Grizzlies. He said the Memphis Grizzlies had like the the most, it was pretty un- unprofessional, their, their organization compared to the Heat. And he was talking about a specific coach. He was saying like that the great coaches, they didn't care what you did outside of practice as long as it didn't affect uh, the team. Mm-hmm. And it didn't adversely affect like your family or something like that. So these guys, I mean, they would... You know, these guys are smoking weed and partying and, and doing stuff mm-hmm. and, you know, they're professional athletes. I mean, they're, they're, and they're young, so they're living, they're living the fast life. Yeah. And they were pretty much talking about how, like, what do you care what he does, like, outside of, of practice, if it doesn't affect the team, if he's showing up early to practice, like, that's their business, right? It's kind of yeah. the same thing here with Bucky, right? Like, yeah, Bucky's is crazy. In terms of like, yeah, he likes to drink, he likes to party, all this stuff. But if he's effective as a major and as a leader, then it really doesn't matter what he does on his own personal time. So, um, that's kind of my point of he doesn't really lose sight of responsibility and his um, to the point where he doesn't even jump off the plane first. Like, he's determined to be the leader that he is supposed to be at, at the major rank. Yeah. And I, I like that about him. I, I, I recognize Same. that as well. 
Like he he does show up. He or at least he he sure seems to show up. He wants to be in the field. You know, he wants to be going out on these missions. I mean, I'm hoping that he ends up pulling through. I would, I would imagine he would. I, I find it hard to believe that we would lose two of the central characters um, within this show. But I mean, time will tell. Possible. And hey, we know Apple TV, man. Also, <laughs> yeah, this isn't fictional. So it, it's if it's history, it's history. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm intentionally not looking it up because I don't, I don't want to spoil it yeah, for yeah. me. Like, like that would, yeah, be like, annoying. Yeah. Like some people, some people comment and they're the ones who kind of have no tact at all, who are like, you guys don't, you know, you guys don't know your history at all. Like, well, we're intentionally going into it blind. We could easily look up the bloody hundredth and read for hours tonight on, on what occurred uh, there. And that's something that I'll do after I finish uh, the show. But before then, I don't want to know what's happening. I don't, I don't think it makes for me for good podcasting for me to pretend like I don't know what's going to occur. It doesn't make episode. for good show watching to know everything that's going to occur. <laughs> it would, it yeah. would just take all the fun yeah. away from it. Yeah. Another reason why I'm not really into prequels, by the way. Although, yeah. although I have two exceptions on prequels. Okay. Better Call Saul is incredible. Oh, it is and House, great. And House of the Dragon, which since you're deep in your Game of Thrones run, in fact, I had to rip you away from Game of Thrones to record this podcast tonight. Yeah, I'm a little or, salty. Kind of, kind of. Not really rip you away, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, you know how good that show is. And I'm assuming you're going to just jump straight to House of the Dragon after after you finish Game of Thrones. I 100% I am. Like, I, I also want to say, like, I have watched the first episode of House of the Dragon. I watched it when it, when the show first came out. I just never mm-hmm. ended up finishing it. I don't know. My HBO Max plan expired or whatever the case is. But, you know, mm-hmm. I'm into it now. Like, I'm going straight to that next. So, yeah, hopefully a couple more it. weeks and I'll be there. It's good. They're also, they also just announced that they greenlit or they are. they ha- No, they didn't greenlight it, but they have it in development. I'm assuming by now you know who Aegon is. I believe so. Okay, so there's a King Aegon in Game of Thrones and he has a conquest. So they're doing a show on Aegon's conquest of um hmm. oh, like another Wester- spin-off of Westeros. It's an, yeah, it's it's Okay. Spin-off. All right. So that that's why Game of Thrones is awesome. Though you can't beat the world building and just the family lineage of Game of Thrones and just like the interesting <laughs> history of it all. It's really I, I get I get why everybody talks about it though, like all the time. Yeah. Like it, it is a very, very binge worthy show. Um, and you, you and I were talking about it just before we, we hopped on this. Like, yeah, I, I am starting to notice things in culture and just yeah. random places that I've never realized. I'm like, well, oh, what, what was it that you were telling me about your, your favorite coffee shop? Uh, I lit, one of my, movie? one of my favorite coffee shops, um, is, it's called main coffee and they're, they're over in Boca and the logo of the coffee shop. I was watching one of the episodes. I'm not going to say who, but they were walking through a market and there's like this little tag that was shown on screen for how do it half a second? And I'm like, oh my god, I know that. <laughs> I was like, I was like thinking about it for a second. I'm like, it's the main, lo- and it looks so similar. It's crazy. So I, you, I've got to go talk to him and be like, not yet. I've got. I'm gonna. I'm gonna message a buddy of mine. Um, you should that play. Works you should there. play be dumb. Like, hey. You, you should play dumb like you don't know where it's from. Be like, man, what, <laughs> what was the inspiration this? behind the logo? Yeah. And just to see if they tell the truth. Yeah, I'm but, I'm very um, curious. I actually know the designer, or I should say, know of the designer. I'm not I'm not very close with them. That designed the logo and did all the branding. So maybe I might, he just uh, plagiarized it. I might hit him up at some point and be like, "Yo, where'd <laughs> you get the idea for this out. from?" 
<laughs> maybe he just stole it bro i love it. it but no it's so awesome to kind of see that in the real world it, it's pretty neat the views expressed by the host do not represent that of soapbox network um <laughs> just kidding just kidding all right let's continue onward here we have at this point setting the stage of what's going on i would love to know after this episode how effective the mission was in derailing the germans yeah um from a railroad standpoint transportation all that stuff i would love to know where we are in the scope of the war how effective these guys have been yeah we have an ongoing situation with bucky in germany presumably trying to escape enemy territory we also have what's the name of the of the kid who was in Quinn. We got Quinn and Co. trying to escape France, I believe, right? Mm -hmm. Or Belgium. Yeah, I think it's Belgium. Yeah, I just couldn't remember if they went from Belgium to France after um, to get out of there. But, you know, I'm assuming we'll get back to that storyline at some point in the season. We have, we have the question mark on Buck. And then we got a new character, Rosenthal, who... Seems to get like the Bucky weekend pass in the next episode. And he's going to like this place that kind of looks like Downton Abbey, which is interesting mm. because uh, if you ever watch Downton Abbey, they, I don't know if every single royal house in England, like there's a lot of royalty families in England, right? That have that in, yeah. the, in their lineage or they have like your barons and blah, 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 whatever. Yeah. Yeah. There's a um, lot. <laughs> well, in Downton Abbey, the show. They they open their house to become like an infirmary for veterans mm -hmm. to come in, so it's kind of interesting. And the property kind of looked like the house, hmm. so that would be a interesting crossover. Although Downton Abbey, I believe, is completely fictional. I, I mean, I'm almost really? ninety nine point nine nine nine. I don't know, man. Like there's there, there's too much with royalty over there. It's hard to keep yeah, yeah, up fictional. with. Fictional. <laughs> it's fictional. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Probably, probably, probably loosely based on historical real things. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like exactly, exactly. Kind of like Peaky Blinders, right? Where Peaky yeah, Blinders, Peaky Blinders is real. Well, it's it. I mean, the it's they were a fictional. real gang, but there wasn't yeah. like a Thomas Shelby, yeah, exactly. who was a pronounced uh, figure. You know? Yeah, so, that, that's true. Very true. Yeah, yeah. All right, so let's get into some categories, Zach. All right. Well, let's get into best scene unless you have closing closing thoughts before we get oh I, I mean i i am really looking forward to seeing rosie you know continue into the show like he he's kind of stealing it for me um mm -hmm. at, at, like i really like like he feels like the clevin replacement right he does he's very chill he's got his head on his shoulders he doesn't feel like he's trying to be cool. Um, no, he's just being himself. So, yeah. yeah, I like it. Like, I, I really I really like his character. I'm, I am excited to kind of see what goes on in the next few episodes. Um, but yeah, man, he, he just kind of came into this show like a, like a badass. I don't, I don't really know how it's, to, how it's to put that, but... No, it's no, spot dude. on. Great, right. great episode. It's, it's got me gearing up for the next one. Favorite scene? That's kind of easy. Um, 
it's got to be just the last standoff of Rosie's plane versus the freaking yeah German fighters. Yeah, the dog fight that is definitely yeah. uh that's the that's winner. definitely what got it for me. Dinner. Oh yeah. How about favorite character of the episode? Again, it's got to be Rosie. I think, yeah, he's, I think he's the best. The... He's the best new guy on the block. Like, and, and he he yeah. was stand out. Like, you know, Bucky. He had a good one too. He's, Bucky he's had good. a good one too. Yeah, but, like, but Rosie I'd was, say he's runner up. Yeah. Bucky's runner up. Bucky's stealing the show so far, in terms of an actor yeah. coming out of nowhere. It feels like it's his show now. That's what it feels like. Oh yeah, I, I mean, I I do think he's the central figure of the show, especially now that um, Clevin's not at least not with us on screen. I, I hope maybe he's somewhere in Germany. I don't know. Um, it did but, it did very much feel like yeah. when Clevin was in the picture mm-hmm. that Clevin had more gravitas than Bucky. Yeah, he felt center stage. Yeah. Yeah. He felt exactly like you just said it there. But now, because the show is not necessarily, I think that's one of the things that these guys probably talked about in the writer's room, if I had to guess. They were probably like, hey, the show's not about Bucky and Buck. It's about every single one of these guys who played a role in here. So we don't want it to, they, in my opinion, it seems like they were trying to show the show as like a, uh, not anecdotal. What, what am I trying to say here? It's, it's looking at snapshots of different hi- historical figures who were part yeah. of this group. It's not just Buck and Bucky and their friendship. That's just one element of it. But you mm-hmm. get Crosby, you get Bubbles, you get- uh, Everybody played Kurt, a part. Kurt Biddick, everybody, exactly. So everybody's yeah. kind of had, you have Quinn, all these different stories that all are centrally around this group, the hundredth. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Favorite line of the episode? I finally got one, uh, and, okay. and it's Crosby's. It's when he says, "The hardest part of any mission was the anticipation." That was my, mm. that was my favorite line. That's a good one. Resonated the like, most, resonated the most with me. I, I I just went with my mic drop line that I, I kind of liked from uh, from Bucky, though it was mm. insensitive. It was just that it's war. We're here to drop bombs. Yeah. Um, it was just, it, it, I don't know, kind of, it stood out to I, me at the very least. I do think that if you're in that situation, you do have to find a way to turn off that part of your brain. Uh, yeah. That is, that is thinking, that is m- making equivalent what you're doing compared to the evil forces. Hmm. Otherwise, you're going to second guess everything you do. And you're going to drive yourself insane uh, with guilt. That's true. Yeah, that's so. very true. You know, one, I mean, that was the last category I have, but uh, one of the, one of the closing thoughts that I kind of had um, about the the episode and the show, you, you had mentioned earlier, like you wish we kind of had this snapshot of like, where are we in the war? <laughs> yes. Um, yes. I feel like we're, we're intentionally not going to have that because I would imagine every guy here, everybody has no here has no freaking clue. They have yeah. no idea if the factor they bombed is helping anything. They have no idea if the railroad they bombed is, is slowing down, you know, Germany in any way. Um, so like, I, I imagine like this is, it's kind of just a way to make us kind of feel like they probably felt, you know, in real life to some degree. Like, obviously it's really hard to make all of that come across on television, but um, yeah, I, I don't think anybody they're really new except maybe the higher ups like maybe they know but they don't have a ton of screen time yeah i'd have to i'd have to say the same it's a creative choice right yeah to play it this way because you could easily have a narrator come in and be like the hundredth played their pivotal role on this mission or would have a a video game 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You could have um, that sort of thing. But I think it's creatively, I would have done the, I would have made the same choice. You know, put us in the position of these of these soldiers. That's the reason we don't have closure with with Buck. Because if yeah. you're in the situation of these guys, you wouldn't have any clue whether Buck was alive, whether he was dead, whether he was uh, POW. Mm-hmm. Because you saw how shaky those logs are. Mm. You're in the middle of a gunfight. You're focused on trying to stay alive. <laughs> yeah, who's paying attention? The plane next to you. Yeah, I, if you happen you know, to look in that the, direction, you might see it. Uh, yeah, that that's about it. Like that. The fact that people took logs like that, honestly, was I think probably one of the most surprising parts of the show to me. I was like, dude, how on earth are you writing that now? Like, like that's a role that somebody had to play. Like, I never thought about that. But I mean, I, I guess we had to do that to kind of have a track record of, you know, what's going on, who's down, who might be alive, who do we maybe need yeah. to send a rescue mission after or something like that. But it's just not something that you like actively think about, you know? Yeah. By the way, you have your episode screenshot right there on screen. Oh, yeah, I know. That's that's why I haven't changed the okay. spot this time. Like, I got to it and I'm like, oh, that's a good frame. I'm going to yeah, save that for the screenshot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We think another same page. Yeah, All right. Well, the show's looking good. It's definitely a must watch on Apple TV. Uh, for anyone listening out there who's happened to catch this before watching episodes one through four, it's definitely a must watch. Stop what you're doing this weekend. Get yourself a good meal or two. Sit down and crank out four episodes. You won't regret it. All right. In other news, mm. what else is on TV? I sporadically started watching True Detective Night Country. Okay. I'm doing a series on that right now. So far solo, I have uh, pushed Zach to watch the show with me. He is, although in the middle of his Game of Thrones coverage, so I understand, well, he's not covering it, but um, he <laughs> is in the middle <laughs> of, yeah, you know, we do owe the audience a full Game of Thrones retrospective episode at the end of your, of your journey. Of oh boy. Game of Thrones. We'll do All right. That. We have to. Zach, there has to be some We have to do something. On, yeah, yeah, yeah. On eight no, straight I, episodes. I, I get you. Okay. Eight straight All seasons. Right. <laughs> Yeah, you, we don't have to go in depth. We're, we do a good job at the at the high level, you know, summary, mm-hmm. um, kind of looking at things from a 3,000 foot view. But yeah, I started watching uh, True Detective Night Country. If you want Zach to join me on that so it's not a solo pod, email us at contactthesoapbox.house <laughs> and call him out. If we get 10 emails, if we get 10 emails calling out Zach, he has to stop what he's doing and watch True Detective. That's fair, right, Zach? That's fair. Yeah. If 10, if 10 people <laughs> tell me to do it, I'll do it. He's like, please, God. <laughs> no. Yeah. I mean, I really no, want to get through Game of Thrones, but if you're going to do it to me, I mean, I'll do it. Like, we do this yeah, for you. Sure. So, so come on. Yeah, yeah. If it's what you want, let us know. Anyways, we have uh, only one episode on that so far. I covered episode one. I haven't even watched episode two. I'm avoiding corresponding with the YouTube commenters because some have dropped uh, spoilers or at least opinions mm. on what goes on later. So, I'm avoiding that. So if you're going to email, don't message me anything about what's occurred later because I'll just <laughs> ignore it until the end of the season and then get back to you. Um, other than that, it's fantastic. Jodie Foster's great. True Detective's good. I'm not a diehard True Detective fan, but Night Country's hitting the right notes for me in the gloomy detective genre. So check All it right. out if you want to see the coverage and follow along with us. It is on every platform that we're on, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. And as always, if you like the pod, like in this series, like this video, rate us five stars on Apple or Spotify, and uh, email us. We always love hearing from you guys. So I think that's all I got. In terms of other things on TV this weekend, Apple TV just dropped a new docu-series on the Patriots, the New England Patriots dynasty. 
I believe uh. they dropped it today. Um, and is there anything else that I've been watching? I mean, I was I think planning that's to I watch an episode of Criminal Record and the New Look. Like they look pretty interesting, but yeah, they do. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see what yeah. I can. I mean, I can only watch so much. So I like. We'll I like I the actor uh, in in New Look. Uh, so I, I'm yeah. intrigued. I'm intrigued. Arya's in there too. Arya Stark. So. I, that's what I thought. I was yeah. like, God, I know yeah. her. I mm-hmm. thought it was her, but I I didn't look it up. Um, oh, so girl, thank you. Name. It's kind of tough to tell when you look at the credits. You know. Well, I mean, I didn't look at the credits. I was just, I was. No, it's a, a girl. A girl has no name. It's, it wouldn't have shown. Oh, well, I mean, well, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you wouldn't find exactly. it. Yeah. Well, anyways, anyways. <laughs> that's a game. That's a Game of Thrones reference. Not a not a sexist comment. Anyways, yeah, uh, yeah. Good thing you classified that. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, Zach, to the outro. For sure. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of Masters of the Air by Story Archives. You can find this podcast anywhere you find podcasts, Apple and Spotify podcasts primarily. You can visit us on YouTube at Soapbox Podcast Network. You can visit our website at soapbox.house. Email us at contact at soapbox.house. And we do have a link in the description below to sign up for our quarterly newsletter. Until next time, y'all. Have a good weekend. Happy President's Day wherever you are. Go out there, touch some grass, get some sun. (laughs) Peace. Peace.